Thank you for listening to our Chat Canna broadcast. This podcast was originally created for our YouTube channel and is being rebroadcast here for your convenience. We'd like to thank the folks at Canna RHX for providing this Chat Canna podcast. And here we go. It is another chance for us to have a Chat Canna show, and it is an exciting Friday. Wow, it's been a crazy week. Uh, we got to check in with Veronica Michael, of course, down there at Prairie Products in Fargo and see what kind of a week she's had. But up here, um, the weeds are growing, and I've been out on the tractor trying to mitigate mitigate uh, unfriendly plants in the field and uh, doing all of that, plus all sorts of things. Our hemp plants that we have outside are like little Christmas trees. Now, let me introduce my co-host as we're waiting for our guest to appear. Her name is Veronica Michael. She is down there in the one of the top 10 places to live in the United States of America, Fargo, North Dakota. Big drum roll, please. Good morning, Veronica. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a rainy day in Fargo today, actually. Oh, wow. No, not mm -hmm. here. Okay. Yeah, it's been a little rainy. It's been a rainy week in Fargo. We've had a lot of water this week. Uh, the tomatoes have gotten a lot of water, so uh -huh. the garden's looking really good. Uh, okay. But it uh, has been a good week at Prairie Products, too. Our farmers are doing well. We got to see a lot of uh, growth in the field this Wednesday on some calls with farmers in the Minot area, which was beautiful to see their plants and how big they've gotten. Uh, they have had some wild weather up in that part of uh, North Dakota, so it's been a tough first growing season. Well, we wish them well. And of course, guys, send us your pictures. Um, you know, there's no such thing as a bad picture because everything is something we can learn from. Um, we've had so much fun seeing Riley's uh, photos as they've developed this year and also our friends that we made uh, last year or last year, last week. See how fast the year goes uh, from out in, in uh, uh, Minot and watching their first crop come along. And I see AJ has now uh, joined us. So, uh, uh, Mr. DeMille, we're ready for your close up here. Uh, uh, three, two, one. Let's bring him in from the green room. Here we go. Look at that. It's like hey, magic. <laughs> hey, how are Good you morning. Guys? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm well. How about both of you? We're really good. Really Excellent. good. Excellent. So we are excited to have AJ joining us. AJ is going to be uh, joining with us for a lot of times now. And AJ is a formulator in Wyoming that we've had the pleasure to work with at Prairie Products and is really, a, he's a race car driver and a father of triplets. <laughs> he has lots of great titles, actually. Um, yeah, there's 24 you know. perfectly usable hours every day. <laughs> you know, I was looking at your article in the Wyoming, the Glenrock Independent, I believe it was, last night about when you had your triplets. Now, they're six now, correct? How old are your triplets? Uh, they just turned three in May. Okay, three. Oh, she doubles up everything. You got to watch. <laughs> she'll, she'll like six kids. Did I have three more triplets? I don't know about. <laughs> she'll double everything. You just got to. <laughs> I thought they were six years old, but they're three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they just turned three in May. And, um, you know, people, they're identical. Uh, identical girls and people ask us how we tell them apart and the best way is by their personality. Oh, I thought you put an X on the bottom of the <laughs> Um <laughs> Might get in trouble for that one. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> <of course. laughs> That's fabulous. So they all are really different. 
they, yeah, very, very different personalities. So that's how we're primarily able to tell them apart. Well, AJ, tell us a little bit about your background in hemp formulation. Sure, yeah. So my educational background, actually, I have a bachelor's in chemistry and then a master's in um, agricultural biochemistry. So what that means is I was looking at a lot of uh, farming techniques and methods in micronutrient demands um, in different cropping systems. Um, and so that just translated into extending my uh, education and learning in formulation with an additional background in uh, pharmaceuticals and pharmacopoeia. Um, Body Armor Products, our company is, my, is a father-son team and my dad is a compounding pharmacist. And so, you know, I started at a young age formulating with him in his pharmacy, you know, in, in the 90s and 2000s. And uh, when I went off to college, kind of went a different route, but now we are back together again doing formulation. Wow. And so what that has translated into, uh, his background is in uh, hormone replacement therapy. And it's funny how similarly cannabinoids act when you're formulating with them uh, as compared to hormones and uh, pharmaceuticals. And so CBD as a result and cannabinoids in general and cannabis chemistry has been kind of an easy transition for us. Um, and so here we are today doing formulation that really I don't see anywhere else in the market. So we are doing something that's very unique as compared to, I'd say, 97 to 99% of the other products that you'd find on the CBD and cannabis market. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one other thing that you mentioned uh, recently that I thought was so unique, and I have to bring it up because we're in the Red River Valley, is you did research with sugar beets. I did, sugar beets and soybeans. Um, in Wyoming, particularly, we've had this, uh, uh, not strange, but terrific transformation in the last uh, about 15 years in growers transitioning from traditional herbicide regimens uh, treating both soybeans and sugar beets to using glyphosate-resistant cropping systems, which makes sense because you're a lot less input for the grower with a lot greater output, output for the grower, which is, you know, beneficial for everybody. Um, you know, no matter politically what you think about glyphosate resistance or not, in the end, it really is beneficial, you know, for the grower to be using these type of cropping systems. And we went from, in Wyoming, about 2 to 3% of growers using glyphosate-resistant crops to 99%, um, particularly in sugar beets. They and let's, let's, let's take a moment and explain that for somebody who doesn't know what that means or how that works. Give us a one-sentence story about that. <laughs> so you used, uh, put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> well... Uh, so for let's just take sugar beets for example. Okay. You're using you know conventional sugar beet cropping system. You're using a five herbicide regimen that I would compare giving the crop uh, you know chemotherapy. You have high cost, high input for really really low output. You see sugar beets looking more like a carrot versus glyphosate resistance. So what happens is you're applying glyphosate to a glyphosate resistant sugar beet. In this in this case 
And while the glyphosate is getting into the, into the uh, leaves and, you know, metabolized by the sugar beet, it's not actually being, you know, uptaken or used by the crop. So in the example of sugar beets, uh, the glyphosate gets metabolized into AMPA, and, but it's not blocking the shikimate uh, uh, pathway like it would in, you know, broadleaf weeds is what you're trying to control. So what that, what, what the shikimate pathway does is it blocks the synthesis of branched-chain amino acids, and therefore the weed, broadleaf weed, will die, while the sugar beet actually does not. So what happens in the end is it deposits the AMPA in its, you know, blue system in the top, you know, eight inches of topsoil. And what we were looking at, particularly in my graduate school research, was whether AMPA and glyphosate were binding to trace, trace metals that the plant needs to survive. And I looked at iron, manganese, cobalt, boron, and... Uh, magnesium and we you know, discovered at the time that uh, there was not a chelation happening in the topsoil thus preventing the plant from uptaking these micronutrients um, at the time of my grad school research there was one paper that said yes they do or yes it does and the other one said no it doesn't so there's your one paragraph or, you know, whole intro to my thesis. <laughs> <laughs> and, now, and, and now to, now to bring that down again, <laughs> what it is is sugar beets, um, soybeans, is it corn too? There's about eight crops that have been modified this way. Um, when you have that modified crop, you plant that, you can spray glyphosate on it. It doesn't affect the crop, but it kills the other weeds in the field. Correct. So good. Okay. All right. So we had this, and then we had this, and now we yeah. have this. And we have this. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone learned something. <laughs> okay, that was awesome. <laughs> so do you, I mean, for both of you, actually, do you guys see a correlation with a specialty crop like hemp uh, taking an application in our region, like sugar beets have in the regions like Wyoming and here in the Valley? Um, I do, um, we'll see what happens with, you know, ag tech in the next, I'd say two to three years, in my opinion, um, you know, cause there is really no labeled herbicides for hemp or cannabis in general, uh, you know, like there are with every other cropping system, 99% of other cropping systems. Um, I think that there's probably something in the works that's going to, that they're going to release some sort of herbicide that's labeled for use in hemp. I mean, it's just natural, right? John, what do you think? Well, I think we have to take it, at least for the North Dakota and the prairie farmers in Minnesota, we have to take it from sort of like the hobby, uh, one acre, two acre, five acres. You know, North Dakota wants to farm road to road. And they, you know, that farmer's got to be able to plant it 160 acres and know that he can harvest it and take it somewhere. And when we can get that chain working, uh, it seems to fit in really good with crop rotation. And matter of fact, our expert crop rotation guy is right here. And that's one of my questions is where do we put it in the soybean, sugar beet, 
grain cycle? Where how does it how does it fit there, and how does it help or hurt, or what do we have to augment to make it fit in a cycle? So, in my opinion, that's a great question. That's a really good topic of conversation, especially for growers and people that may be considering hemp in a rotation, not specifically for CBD hemp, but you know textile hemp and other sorts of hemp that you can grow on a 640-acre plot or 160 acres, what have you. Um, in my opinion, I think that since hemp has such a great root system and such a deep root system, that it can really help break up the impact, you know, soil impact, uh, really contribute to soil organic matter, uh, which is definitely definitely a challenge that we have in Wyoming. I mean, our organic matter is less than 1%. Here too, always, always a challenge. Um, you know, uh, soil, you know, water infiltration, you know, again, with the root system being so diverse and complex and deep, um, where do I think it fits into a crop rotation? I would say, you know, here would be, you know, post corn, post alfalfa, somewhere be before a grain um, or pre-corn, um, especially if you can figure out a way to input a lot of nitrogen because you know that the corn is going to certainly hoard all the nitrogen it can um, in the topsoil. So um, pre-corn, post-alfalfa, I'd be somewhere in that range. How about in a sugar beet cycle? Um, Post-sugar beets. Post-sugar right. beets, okay. Yep, yep. But in that, you know, in that sense of the um, topic, you know, you get a you get a cash crop in sugar beets, and then you can follow it with another cash crop with hemp. I think it's exactly. A oh, that's right. That's right. I mean, and, and growers here are trying to maximize their profits, like we all are, uh, with little input. And why, you know, why not? I think that, uh, especially if there is some sort of labeled weed control for hemp, then you can grow you know, 160 acres, why not put it as a, you know, if you're just going to grow it as a textile or something that's non-CBD, they also use it as a cover crop mm -hmm. or intercede it with like a rye or something. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And then, but you would harvest it, you would still harvest it for profit. I mean, you would take it off the field. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Cover crops to me are you grow them and plow them under kind of a concept. So right. So okay. my idea here is you know intercede something that may not grow as tall, but yeah. you can come through with a seven foot tall textile hemp plant and still harvest. You know, interesting. Seven feet up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But wow. I agree. You can leave the stock. You could leave the stock with the rye or what have you, the vetch or whatnot, and plow that under too. Or use it as a, uh, a grazing, you know, a grazing field or something like that. Wow! Wow! Lots of news coming our way today. Well, Come yeah, <laughs> we're both like dumbfounded, and you know, we we invited AJ to talk about formulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is and we this is super exciting. Awesome. Um, you are a Renaissance man, AJ. <laughs> like I said earlier, I, I, there's 24 critically usable hours in every day. Right? <laughs> there are, there are. You no, can take the boy off the farm, but you can't take the farm out of the boy, right? No, you cannot. You cannot. Um, 
you know, one of the things that we, we did want to talk to you today about formulation, and before we even jump into the cannabinoids, I want to step back to talk a little bit um, about the work that you've done with your father in compounding pharmacy or other types of work, um, because I think the whole idea of potential therapies with a lot of compounds sometimes gets confusing with for people. So can you maybe explain to me uh, the other work that you're doing with vitamins, other minerals, and how you see that as a potential therapy generally? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, definitely. So our so we're not just a CBD company, so Unbound CBD is not, you know, that's not all that we do 100% of the time. Our nutritional supplement company is called Hackla Labs, and it is a family-run company. It's my dad and I, um, and we do all of the formulation and we do all the uh, pill punching and, and that sort of thing. We also specialize in um, iodine testing. So we test um, iodine, bromide, fluoride, chloride using ICPMS and uh, ion-selective electrode. Um, and so iodine is really our, our main focus at Hackwell Labs. Dad, like I said, dad and I do all the testing and filmmaking and my sisters, um, they handle all of the e-commerce sales uh, fulfilling orders. And so my dad really, his research has been into iodine for the last uh, 12 years or so. And we've now uh, moved into a lot of research into boron as well as a supplement. Um, you know, a lot of our other formulations, nutraceuticals, uh, and healthcare supplements really focus on one thing, right? They're unilateral. So iodine, thyroid, you know, uh, boron, you know, great for people with osteopenia, osteoporosis, uh, you know, low bone density, those sort of things. Um, and then, you know, we do standard formulation for magnesium, B vitamins, uh, and things that are super beneficial. So thought that dad and I had about eight months ago was what would happen if we use, if we created a term called CBD combo therapy. So we're combining nutritional supplements with CBD cannabinoids. And so that's where we're at now. Being on this wild frontier of adaptogens as we're calling them or CBD combo therapy. We're combining nutritional supplements and naturopathic remedies with cannabinoids. For example, we're, you know, one of our more successful formulations up to this point and one of our first formulations came when uh, my wife and I, you know, about when the girls were about two and a half, so the end of the interview last year, they started sleeping through the night all of a sudden. So both of us were up all night still because we were used to like the white noise and the crying and getting up. And so how could we apply cannabinoids or CBD in the sense that it's really calming um, and can, you know, really suppress anxiety? How can we combine that with another therapy that we know so well to really aid in sleep? So that's how the first formulation with the adaptogenics was formed, which is the sleep drops, as you know, as you know the sleep drops. And so what we're doing is we're not only combining CBD, a full spectrum CBD with melatonin and valerian root. And then we're also using select cannabis terpenes from uh, an indica plant called Granddaddy Purple, which is really, you know, it's a hundred percent indica 
really famous for uh, sleep anxiety, um, people that deal with a lot of pain on um, cancer patients in that, in that crowd. But using just the terpene extracts to recombine it into a formulation with all of those other things, being melatonin, valerian root, CBD, to really aid in sleep. Now that product overall has become our number one seller at Unbound and Adaptogenic because A, it works, B, people are getting the best sleep of their lives, and C, not only do we make it with the full spectrum, but we also make it in a broad spectrum degree for those people that you know may get drug tested or don't really know how they would do with even trace amounts of THD. You know, all Absolutely. The, all the products you know are third-party tested, and that product, that particular product, you know, comes back at zero point zero five percent THD, so well, well below the legal limit. As we've found with not just this formulation, but with all of our other adaptogen and combo therapy products, is the Honorage effect of the THC really helping the binding and uptake in the body of um, THC or you know of the cannabinoids in general. We're also finding that terpenes, particularly this formulation with the granddaddy purple, that the terpenes are really helping with binding and uptake of the cannabinoids as well. Absolutely. You know, we uh, were so excited to work with you for our products, AJ, because, I mean, that combination of valerian, CBD, um, it's and melatonin, it's, it's the perfect mixture to get to sleep and stay asleep. And we, um, it is our bestseller. It is the thing that we've had the most comments, the most uh, comments, calls about, and people love it. Right. And, uh, you know, looking at our records too, um, we almost have an 80% customer return rate on that particular product because wow. it works and it works every time, you know, so it's the same crowd that are coming back and saying, oh, this is the I'm having the best sleep in my life. I am dealing with PTSD. I'm dealing with, you know, same things I am. Like my kids are growing up and I couldn't sleep because of the white noise. You know, I have pain, like this and that and the other thing is, you know, the product works and it works every time. And it's such a clever use of those different ingredients and combining them into one therapy. And that's mm -hmm. really what, you know, that's really what my dad and I were trying to accomplish with the adaptogenic formulas is, mm -hmm. you know, can we make it work? And can we make it work every time? So people are using this product and saying, oh my God, like this is the best, you know, best CBD therapy I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, there are other products on the market like that. Like my, for example, my cousin who has uh, Medivac in Afghanistan came back and is working at Denver Health as a EMT. You know, he had, he couldn't sleep too for obvious reasons. And he was trying, you know, he's in Denver, they can get, pretty much whatever they want with cannabis and CBD down there and saying, Hey, like I have this, it's okay. But it, you know, it kind of works, but not really. I'm like, okay, let me send this to you. And now, you know, every month he's, he, you know, he has to get the broad spectrum versions of the T3, but um, you know, he just, you know, rant and raise to anybody that'll listen about it. So, you know, that's, that's the best compliment you can get is somebody referring somebody else. And we're certainly seeing that for sure. I think that is another thing that I'm so surprised by the product, AJ, is, you know, the, our customers who purchase the tea-free version of the Sleep and Relax or the uh, Terpene Rich, 
they both are experiencing the same result. And that's fantastic. You can find something that works for you and get relief and, and it can fit into your lifestyle. Definitely. Definitely. So, you know, we, we don't just, you know, that's one of our formulations, you know, we, we have a common clarity, which is combining carnitine, ginkgo biloba, um, hydrocine, boron, uh, with CBD common clarity. And that's a, in a press tablet, of course, for, you know, extreme mental clarity. And that is another one of our best sellers. You know, we, we do another one that's pain and inflammation, really exploiting the ability of cannabinoids to um, deal with inflammation in particular. And so, you know, we're combining CBD with uh, beetroot extract, which is a really, really strong anti, uh, anti-inflammatory as well as supporting uh, blood pressure and blood flow. And what that does is it really helps with uh, the structure of the blood vessel and the ability to control blood pressure as well as inflammation. Um, okay. Can I ask a question? I want to jump way back to like the little, <laughs> the little thing again. So, you know, you, one thing that I, I love about talking to you about CBD combo therapy is that I think a misconception right now is that you need more CBD to be effective. So can we just first start with a conversation around how much? Because I think many of our listeners are seeing, you know, you walk into places, you see a dosage that's five milligrams, you see 15, I mean, you see thousands, every night. Thousands, thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a tincture on Facebook, how they're actually able to get away with an advertisement on Facebook for CBD. I'm very jealous. Uh, <laughs> but it was 5,000 milligrams per ounce in a tincture. Is what? 5,000, five grams of CBD per ounce. Wow. That's like impossible, wow. right? I mean, the, <laughs> the math, the math doesn't what? work out. How yeah. much did that cost? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even look. I just started laughing. And of course, in the comments, people were haranguing them on like pretty much taking a spoonful of crude and going, you know, that's what it kind of seemed like for me. Um, but yeah, that's that's a, a very large amount of CBD in a dose. Um, the problem is, is if you're presenting traditional CBD, um, not that there isn't a place for it, you know, drops, tinctures, and that sort of thing, is that the research is showing that you're only going to absorb about five to seven percent in the gut. So you you're intaking, let's say, a 50 milligram per ml drop. By the time it gets to your liver and gets emulsified, the uptake into the bloodstream is going to be about five milligrams. However, it's a, it's almost a sustained release, right? You're going to be taking a one ml, and you'll start feeling effects in like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour traditionally is what I'd see um, with that sort of therapy. Now, if you're able to figure out a way for cannabinoids to be uptaken quickly, it's a completely different story. So what, it, you know, to answer your question, a lot of our compounds, uh, a lot of our formulations here in the lab, where we've figured out a way to take the oil and convert it into a water-soluble form. Um, so our chewable tablets, which is our, you know, our strongest line, and our oldest line, both for humans and animals, um, you know, you're able to chew it. You're starting to get absorption in your mouth, you know, continuing into your gut, possibly absorbing. 
So you're getting high amounts of cannabinoid absorption in a short amount of time. What that means is that a less is more sort of therapy and it works quicker. So people that are, you know, dealing with PTSD, people that are dealing with anxiety are able to get relief without having to wait an hour for a drop or a tincture or something like that. The only downside I've seen to, you know, these sort of formulations is that it doesn't, it may not quite act as long as an oil uh, formulation. So the half-life in the body may be a little bit shorter. That being said, on the converse side of, you know, formulations, so topicals, you see a lot of those uh, products on the market that are a thousand milligrams, fifteen hundred milligrams per ounce in a topical. People are saying, "Oh, this doesn't work. It's total garbage. It's snake oil." You know, our topical comes in at five milligrams per gram. However, it works, and it works very well um, because we're able to effectively get the cannabinoids to penetrate the skin you know, to the affected site, whether it be arthritis, inflammation, muscle pain, nerve pain, uh, neuropathy, those sort of um, pains, you know, pinched nerves works very well for, you know, people with sciatica. Um, we've actually had a fair amount of customers come back to us and tell us that they're having a lot of success with gout um, because, again, we were combining cannabinoids and in the topical, like our main topical, which is five milligrams per gram, we're combining with a very, very prolific terpene profile, um, as well as a carrier that has the ability to really penetrate under the skin. Like the topical, you can look at this, uh, you know, all of our products are now, you know, required to have a QR code. So you can scan it and look at terpene profile and cannabinoids and THC and all that. And potency. the terpenes are like 5% of the formulation, which is insanely high. So again, combo therapy, terpenes, cannabinoids, um, carrier. And so that's why it works so well. People come back like, well, why isn't it 10 milligrams or 20 milligrams per gram? It's like, we never had a reason to make it 10 or 20 because it works so well at five. You know, why try to sell you more than you need? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think a lot about like vitamin D or how we've thought about other other supplements, you know, when they've come onto the market and people have kind of said, okay, well, let's take 8,000 milligrams a day, or is it 1,000, or is it, you know, kind of this conversation seems to happen always, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, you can have something that's garbage, a formulation that's is a stats teacher at grad school taught, garbage in, garbage out. If your formulation is garbage, you're not going to see an effect. And I think that's partially like, the poor name that CBD, uh, CBD formulation in general has gotten, like A, for the longest time, nobody was quality controlling anything. You know, nothing was third-party tested. And if it was, like, the technology has come such a long way in testing cannabinoids and testing for cannabinoids efficiently. B, people are just kind of throwing, you know, garbage together and seeing what happens. Um, and most importantly for me, and working with prairie products uh, especially is that you have to have a really quality input material, right? The mm -hmm. product I get from prairie, you know, the crude and whatnot, it's of the highest quality and highest standard that I've ever personally ever seen in my three plus years of formulation. 
I mean, it's so dynamic. So you got to start with quality material and you got to know what you're doing. And that I think is a great starting recipe for um, uh, high quality cannabinoid uh, formulation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last week we had some growers on the show with John and, you know, it starts in the field and making sure that they're also um, complying with testing and uh, really watching to make sure that that is not contaminated in any way when it comes into the shop. So yeah, it's a long process to make sure that it's a high quality product. Exciting. What's on the horizon? We've been talking about what you got. What are you and your dad? Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. What, what, are you, what are you thinking about? I mean, what's... Yeah. <laughs> um, well, right now we've uh, just released two products with a group that we're working with out of New Zealand and um, a group that we're working with in Switzerland. Um, and it is called Mega Chill. We've abandoned our <laughs> conservative approach to labeling CBD. And as an 80s baby, I thought it would be fun to make a 80s themed product. You know, um, I'm not a designer. I'm not a, I don't do branding, but I thought it'd be fun. So I just kind of used my creative license or what little there is there to come up with this 80s themed product called Megachill. What Megachill is, is it uses what I mentioned earlier, water-solubilized cannabinoids. Um, and it, you know, it's, uh, 12 and a half milligrams of CBD, 12 and a half milligrams of CBG, which is becoming, you know, trendy, um, for really high amounts of ability to calm. Um, and we're actually combining it as well with house extracted, um, ashwagandha, which is becoming a new buzzword in not just, well, actually it's not in CBD world at all, but ashwagandha is becoming it, it has an amazing slew of um of therapy inputs right so primarily people are using it for calming relaxation of the day and really you're finding it in gummies and capsules and things like that we're, we're putting it with cbd cbg and we're actually extracting the material in-house so we imported the ashwagandha ourselves and we're using an organic extraction to get the organics out because what we found in our research with buying ashwagandha from a supplier is that it's like five to 7% ashwagandha extract. Who knows what that is? That they're absorbed, that they're essentially spray applying onto dextrin. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't want that. We wanted a hundred percent potency in knowing where we're starting with. And so we're actually doing in-house. Uh, it was, it's a long, funny story about importing ashwagandha from West Africa. I won't go there. But we got the material. <laughs> we, we lab tested it in-house and confirmed purity that we were getting and third-party tested the purity of the ashwagandha root. Um, we were actually using it in conjunction with tyrosine as well, which is known as a very is having very high cerebral activity for uh, calming um, you know, relaxation. What's that last? Uh, I didn't hear uh, tyrosine. It's How, do you spell it? How do you spell it? E-Y-R-O-S-I-N-E. Tyrosine. Tyrosine. Okay. Yeah, it's right. an amino acid. L-tyrosine. Okay. 
So for your, this kind of work with, you know, really kind of the CBD combo therapy, these are clients outside of the U.S. Is that, you know, is that kind of movement, innovation just happening in Europe and other markets more quickly? Or what, why do you see this happening like this? So I don't know the answer to that, Veronica, to be honest. The only thing I can think of is that, and this is a broad judgment, is that Europeans love pills. They don't want <laughs> They don't want they don't want chocolate. They don't want gummy bears. They don't oh, want in comparison in comparison yeah. to other. Yeah. I mean, it's what's familiar with them, okay. right? Like yeah. you know, particularly like we're having a little bit more trouble with importing into the UK, um, mm -hmm. just because UK is like zero tolerance for any THC. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not known for using isolate in any of my formulations, just because of my personal feelings on formulating. Mm -hmm. Isolate. Um, so, using a broad spectrum T3, uh, you know, it's it's coming with great scrutiny. It's something that we're working on with uh, mm -hmm. a lot of our uh, acquaintances in the market and people that um, are savvy with export import into Europe. Uh, certainly, Australia, and New Zealand is the same way. It's zero THC. Um, you know, our our Southeast Asian markets the same way. It's absolutely zero THC. And when you say uh, zero, I mean not. Point oh 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 six. Yeah. You're saying zero. I mean, how do you get how how do you get to zero? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, there's some labs that can confirm high sensitivity um, THC testing. Okay. I know that like our lab that we use in Arizona, which is C4 Labs um, in Mesa, uh, they're they've been amazing to work with. Uh, we've gone to them recently. Um, so they're a member of Confident. If you're familiar with, you know, in the cannabis testing world, Confident Cannabis, which is very, very user-friendly. But C4, they offer a triplicate ultra-high-sensitivity THC testing service. So you submit samples, and they're able to really test down, I think, by a, another factor of 10 for THC. Wow. Okay. So they're like, MDL is like, you know, their uh, detection limit is, you know, another factor of 10. And you uh, send the finished product to them. Correct. Yep. 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 So, they, so can take, they take it in pill form or whatever you're actually going to export. Yep. That's what yep. they can take apart and come back and say, we verify there is no THC in this. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I know that, um, you know, there's a lab that we use in Denver that does the same thing. So this isn't like a unique testing service. It's, it is readily available. And I, I think that the technology with testing is there. Um, you know, I have a background as well as in analytical chemistry. And, you know, I, I think it was just a minute before the technology for testing caught up with the actual technology to formulate. And so they're actually able to confirm, um, you know, ultra low. Uh, THC testing to confirm, you know, THC free. Um, you, you know, you can buy THC free distillate, but is it really THC free, or is it just below the MDL for THC? Yeah. So that's the kind of dichotomy you have to deal with uh, when you're in being very careful when buying THC free distillate, particularly, is that you have to be really, really careful on what the THC limit actually may be in that product, because if you're taking a concentrate, right? So that's eighty. 5% THC, for example, or 85% CBD, and you're diluting it by 10,000 times, you're introducing an error 
to testing for THC of an equal proportion. So if the dilution is off, if the sensitivity isn't quite there, you know, you're introducing an error, right? So by taking a finished product and actually being able to apply um, testing for very, very low amounts of THC uh, you know, is very beneficial, uh, especially if you're marketing your products as being truly THC free versus being below a certain limit of THC. Mm-hmm. And of course, both of those products have a place in the world. I mean, some people like the idea that it's everything from the plant, even though the THC is way down. Sure. As opposed to, as yeah. opposed to, no. You're a hundred percent. You're hundred percent right on John. Um, you know, for me, uh, I started in tea free because that was our market here in Wyoming. I mean, we have a lot of, well, about, 80% of our market here is people that work in the oil field, um, that are contractors, that, you know, are CDL drivers that, like, they can't have any THC. Just zero. Yeah. They have to have, they have to be testing zero. Um, That's why you were great for, for Prairie. That's North Dakota. Uh, yeah, you guys are in the same market in North Dakota. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think there is a place for it. Personally, I'm a huge proponent of on Effect, that being THC, uh, and even you know, micro micro amounts really assisting with uh, absorption and binding of other cannabinoids. And that's going to be a that's going to be a problem as you know, probably the years go by and the country moves to a more liberal uh, stance for recreation. But yet, there's going to be this part of the world that has to stay in the box of no exposure. And that's going to be more difficult for those people as, you know, it's going to be in cafes and uh, taxis and uh, they're just going to brush by it in so many ways. It's almost going to be a wristband kind of a thing. Are you in or are you out? Yeah. I mean, as it should be with cannabis, I think that people should be able to decide for themselves. You know, yes. I, I, as, as well as a lot of other aspects and i know this isn't a talk politics show right. so i'm gonna avoid that but i think that you know um, um but it does seem that the world and even the united states is moving in that direction but yet there's a there there are there are like you talk about you know i want the driver that's moving an eighty thousand pound weight coming at me on the highway at 70 miles an hour to be drug free on any level you know alcohol particularly our biggest our biggest problem, you know, is, you know, I want them to be alcohol free and every kind of drug free. I want the surgeon that works on me to not lay back a couple of anything that morning when he, when he works on me. I think those are fair and reasonable expectations for people to have of people in those jobs. Yeah. Yeah, And you'd kind of expect them to be that way, right? Yeah. yeah. And trust that they're uh, not in an altered state of mind. I would, I prefer my surgeon to have taken a couple mega chills before he opens me up, but you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe everyone maybe should could, take the mega chill. Maybe, maybe they'll put a thing on the bed, and and you know, it's it's sort of like a victim's cho- not victim, uh, you know, a patient's choice, and you can have a little box there and say, "I'd like you to be on these when you when you." Uh, yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> I love it. And you know, the, hippies, so, the hippies could roll in and it's like, yeah, well, let's go out back and uh, we'll light up before you uh, 
you know, but no, I seriously. Okay. So in all seriousness, before we go down this crazy road, <laughs> I want to ask about, because there was big news in hemp in the last, you know, since last Friday, like there's been news. There's been news from the DEA and uh, lots of murmur and um, talk about where we're going as an industry and how we'll be regulated. So let's jump into a little bit of that. Who wants to start? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll just start in the fact that okay. I, I think I think it's a peeing contest between mm. the different agencies, and that's got to be worked out, uh, you know. And then we can talk about it from there. But to me, it's like it's unfair to the farmers, it's unfair to the producers, uh, the distributors, and everybody when the different agencies are coming up with different standards. Whatever the right standard might be, I I'm not going to argue that or whatever. But it's not fair when the one government agency says, okay, we're going to interpret it this way. And then here comes the second agency going, oh, no, 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 no. This is the new line. That's my, that's where I would start the discussion on. So, so. Yeah, honestly, John, I, you echo my, I have not, I honestly have nothing to add to that. I'm very rarely speechless. And I think that really, I just would add that um, I think, you know, as far as a grower standpoint, the USDA seemed to be managing it fine. You know, yeah, leave us alone. Yeah, leave us alone, right? And you know, it's just a. I had a different term than peeing contest. I don't know if it's very appropriate. Um, that was a again, better term for our listening audience. <laughs> uh, I would honestly. I think that as far as biomass testing for the grower, I think the USDA needs to lighten up just a touch, but completely unfair for the DEA to come and say, listen, USDA, you know, FDA for that matter. Uh, we, we don't care about the farm bill. We don't care about this. We don't care about that. What you guys are doing um, is going to be illegal by the end of October. And, you know, growers, formulators, um, retail, like it doesn't matter. That's just a blanket statement which reminds me of very early days of CBD formulation when um, they kind of went down a similar, similar rabbit hole. And then we're like, how are we going to actually enforce this? Well, um, <laughs> you know, so it's, it, it's a, it's a team contest. Mm -hmm. in my mm -hmm. yep. Veronica, what are your feelings from, uh, no, from I a growing and um, extraction? You know, actually, I think John said it so well, too. I thought it was an overstep and an intrusion into an already complex conversation that they didn't need to step their foot into. Um, uh, I just I, I also thought it was interesting to put out information that was still then not clear, was frustrating. Um, I think of myself as a good reader. And when I read these documents, I'm like, what? Um, so I think it is uh, the Farm Bill laid out the information, the way the uh, federal and uh, state agencies were trying to regulate. Um, we all know that there was not enough hands on deck to do that regulation already. So I just don't know why it's like adding gasoline to a fire. Right, right. I mean, you know, they're certainly taking a stance as well about, um, you know, which is a relatively new topic being uh, Delta 8 THC. Um, versus Delta 9, I think that since uh, extraction and the chemistry, the stoichiometry perspective of, um, you know, final product and concentrate is becoming more and more sophisticated, I think they're trying to catch up. 
And so the, the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, we're just going to ban it. It's going to be illegal. Even though they have no, they have very little idea about um, something like Delta-8 THC. And not a lot of people know about Delta-8. So Delta-8 is a mild antagonist to Delta-9. Um, you know, Delta-9 THC being the um, psychotropic version of, uh, of THC. And so the analogy I've always been acquainted with um, from a New Zealand contact of mine who's actually in Oregon, he says, well, Delta-9 puts you on the couch and Delta-8 gets you off the couch, right? <laughs> Delta-8 is mildly psychotropic, um, and it is the equal and opposite reaction to Delta-9. So it'll, you know, get you, raise you off the couch and get you going. Um, again, the regulatory agency that is has no idea what they're doing. So their their new their knee jerk reaction is to say, "Oh, illegal ban," even though they had zero guidelines on it beforehand. So they're trying to play catch up. Um, mm -hmm. My opinion on the topic. Um, mm -hmm. So it's an example of of overstep a boundary. Yes. Yep. Yep. I think through that's it's interesting to me because I think the genie is out of the bottle, right? I mean, the science behind uh, separating the compounds and reorganizing them and what can come next. Uh, this there's a lot ahead, I think. And um, I think there's a lot ahead. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Wow, we have covered uh, so much today. I think for the show, we should just take a minute. Um, AJ is going to be joining us on a regular basis, and we are right. going to talk chemistry with him and uh, just learn and about farming, I guess, and too. Some farming. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, that was awesome. We're going to dig a little deeper into things like L tyrosine <laughs> and how that interacts with the hemp products, and we're going to just learn. Uh, more, um, you know, we, we talked today, for instance, about full and broad spectrum. And, you know, to the average person, you would think that, well, full spectrum and broad spectrum should be the same thing. And we're going to, you know, learn some of the differences about that and some more about dosing in the CBD world and certainly about uh, uh, farming. And uh, should I get into farming hemp and what's it like to get a license? And when you do get a license, I mean, are they visiting me every day? Uh, we were very lucky here on our farm by invitation. We had uh, four uh, DEA agents here a couple months ago, and they we were scheduled for 55 minutes with them. Uh, they were here for a couple of hours, and we just had the greatest conversation back and forth. And, you know, um, uh, I guess, the you know, what came away from that a, a lot of ways is they're not our enemies for, for the regular people out here who are doing the kind of work Veronica's doing and you're doing there as a formulator and I'm doing here as a research and grower kind of guy is, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of saying too, well, now I pick up this guy and he's got two pounds of stuff in his car and he's going, well, it's hemp. And, uh, and which of course is legal as opposed to it's marijuana, which is not legal. And, uh, they're in, they're in a pickle too, as this is all developing. So, we're all learning and we're moving forward and we're hoping that Chat Canna uh, will be a place that people can come and we're going to get more and more experts on like some of the stuff that you heard today is just awesome information and makes us all smarter. And we hope that one day like uh, sunflowers came to the Red River Valley back in 1960 or so. And now you can go up in an airplane and see these fields of yellow that just go across the, the quilt. 
the same with soybeans and uh, edible beans and peas and all those things. And one day that is what hemp fields are going to look like as we go across North Dakota and all the way out to Wyoming there. And we haven't even talked about Wyoming some more. I got lots of Wyoming chatter for you as oh, we boy. get going, AJ. So <laughs> Every, everybody seems to have a story. Every, you know, I get two things like, oh, that time when I was in Wyoming, I had the greatest time. Or, you know, oh, I remember going to Yellowstone or whatever. So, or, or, or do you know Bill? He lives in Cheyenne. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know but people say that Wyoming is like a city block. Everybody is everybody's neighbor and everybody seems to know each other, uh, which is definitely uh, – been a very, very uh, good thing for me as a small business owner and member of the community. Our laboratory and our formulation uh, is pretty much right in the smack middle of town. Um, of course, Glenrock is where we're at, and it's 2,500 people. Um, you know, we have a very good relationship with law enforcement and legislatures here, as well yeah. as across the state. And, um, you know, they, they keep a really good eye on the lab, which is great. Um, sure. And you know, they're members of the community and I, they come in all the time and ask questions um, and get input. And uh, we do the best we can here to keep the lines of communication open because I certainly think that's what is really going to be a success story for hemp and cannabis in general is being 100% transparent, um, being 100% honest and having nothing to hide because when you're lying and trying to cover the truth, that's when uh, relationships start to fall apart. Um, right. Our, you know, in Wyoming particularly, our program is relatively young. Um, House Bill 171 passed two years ago. Um, so there's a lot of learning. Um, there's a learning curve here. Um, and so we're just trying to continue the path onwards and upwards uh, between growing and all the way up to uh, final products. So. I like to hear you say that. You know, I, I think that's our, our sentiment with the city of Fargo and the systems here. You know, we're all learning together as the first extractor in the city, you know, working with the fire department and the city to everyone is doing their jobs and learning something new with us and wanting us to succeed and cheering us on for our community. So absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on so much. I really look looking and looking forward to doing uh you know uh, regular on your, on your um, podcast because as Veronica knows about a week ago, I'd put out a Facebook post of all things saying, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a blog or vlog or podcast because of these same reasons that you guys are going for. You want to, you know, be honest with the public and have transparency and maybe you can learn a thing or two from each other along the way. Absolutely. Was, it's, it's all about learning. I was like, I have guests. I'm going to have a, you know, a podcast. I'm going to go do all these different things. But guess what? It's already solved. So this is a really, really great part. And, and we, wel we welcome your guests. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. let's get them on here and start uh, distributing this. And, folks, if you're watching, uh, depending on which format you're watching in, please subscribe or hit that like button. Uh, make sure you're coming back starting next week. We're going to have a, a, some live content for you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, Monday, Wednesday are, are going to be more of just us on with the news and talking about hemp and what's going on. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays will be longer format shows where we will have guests and we will uh, be studying and learning finding out what's going on in the hemp world uh, from the farmer side, finding out should you be involved or if you are involved, where can I get help? Who can I talk to? How can I make this happen? Uh, from the uh, user point of view, 
Uh, you're going to learn everything there is to know when you go into that store. You're going to be telling them things rather than asking questions because you're going to know what's in those bottles that you're buying. AJ, thank you. We're looking forward yeah. to the next time we're together, which is going to be really soon. Veronica, always fun to have you on the show together when we hooked up. I, I knew the first time I was in that round table with you, I said, I don't know why, but me and this gal are going to have some kind of <laughs> as we go through life. It's just been so much fun. My name is John Reitmeyer. Uh, we are all in the hemp business in one form or another together, and we hope to see you on, on Monday's show, 10 o'clock, the new time of the show, 10 o'clock Central Time, but you can always watch it on Facebook and YouTube, and it soon will be coming to LinkedIn. Uh, we're going to be out there in a whole bunch of places. The podcast will be, so if you're one of those joggers and want to listen to the show while you're running, you'll be able to download it on the uh, iPod and all those different podcast kind of places. Uh, we're still young, we're developing, and the best is yet to come. So, AJ, stay in the green room. We're going to do a little post-chatting here. And for all the rest of you, uh, we will say goodbye and welcome you to our next show. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye, you guys. Bye-bye.